Hello, and you're very welcome to Mind You, where I dive into how different people use different ways to self-care. I'm Brian Barnes from Brian Barnes Wellbeing, where I partner with people to create unique well-being solutions. Today, I'm delighted to be talking to Michael Ruffin. Michael has a huge passion for serving and minding others through his work as an ADHD coach. He provides peer support. He's an educator, a content creator, all at his company, ADHD Druids. So, Michael, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. It's uh, something I enjoy doing, so... Thanks, man. You're so welcome. And Michael, can you start off by telling me a bit about yourself and how you got to here? Yeah, uh, I'll try to condense it down. It's a bit of a long story, but um, I went diagnosed, uh, undiagnosed most of my life. So a lot of my experience comes from just not really knowing what was going on. So, I, you know, going through a lot of the atypical undiagnosed experience of like, you know, depression, anxiety, not really succeeding in the ways that I wanted to succeed, not knowing why, you know, uh, you know, I, I failed college. I, you know, was going from job to job to job and was really struggling. And I always had the desire to help people. That's partly why whenever I worked a normal job, it was really difficult because it never really felt like I had a good purpose at a normal nine to five job. And in 2020, um, I went through some rough times and things just escalated in a way that I was not really prepared for and kind of spiraled a bit. And I was like, this is weird. This is like something's going on. Something is not uh, correct with how I'm responding to these things. And so I started doing my own deep dive and research into like what I was experiencing. And um, that led me to ADHD. Um, so I joined an ADHD peer support group on Facebook, um, started learning from other people, started to go to therapy and really exploring the things I was experiencing and just kind of through my desire to help myself, I started realizing that I was not the only person that experienced this, that there were so many people that were going through the late diagnosis process and just realizing like, oh, this is what's going on. And it kind of put me on my path to helping people. I started talking about my experience on TikTok and people really resonated with that. And through therapy, I got kind of pushed in the direction of becoming a peer support specialist through uh, Northern Kentucky University. And I got certified there, started doing, you know, continuing education and different forms of education and like motivational interviewing and other peer support strategies and like the educating on TikTok really took off and I, I garnered a, a pretty solid following and I started noticing that there was kind of a gap in support for ADHD people. Um, and I was like, you know, I am doing all of this. I might as well fill that gap. And that's where I became the ADHD coach and started, you know, 
offering one-on-one services and helping people understand themselves and educating and building those tools and everything. Um, during that process, I also learned that I was autistic, uh, which was kind of another, you know, unveiling of like, oh, there are other things going on uh, that really kind of blindsided me and also helped me learn more about myself in ways that I never had. And, you know, through all of the, that education and self-learning and, and just from my own lived experiences, I've been able to help other people understand themselves better. Wow. What a journey, man. And thank you for sharing that with me. And yeah, look at like, and we've talked like, you know, like um, we've talked before this and I've had the benefit of your wisdom because I'm on a bit of a deep dive myself, but there's an explosion of this, isn't there? Uh, just an explosion of kind of late, kind of, I suppose, you know, late kind of diagnosis, midlife diagnosis, and mainly because the tools and the knowledge wasn't there for kids back in the whatever 70s 80s even into the 90s so you know like there's an explosion you know going on at the moment isn't there oh yeah um the resources the um ability to connect with people through social media uh, the research the focus on adhd especially has just risen and just what we know of what adhd and autism is has been you know evolving and we're gaining a better understanding of what it looks like in people and you know especially you know uh, people of color and women because those are the two highest demographics that are underdiagnosed in both ADHD and autism and so there's this massive surge of information and just ability to communicate experiences has helped that like so much and you have to also like realize too like it hasn't been since 2013 is when they first started saying that you can be diagnosed both adhd and autistic so it's only been 10 years since even that has been a thing so it it's still very new and very fresh um and it's a great thing that people are learning yeah, it is. And do you know what, Michael? I suppose I get this image of the, you know, the Rosetta Stone that they use to um, translate the hieroglyphics, the Egyptian mm-hmm. hieroglyphics. And before they found that, they didn't, they didn't know what the hieroglyphics were. So it's almost having that Rosetta Stone. And for people, you know, like knowledge is power. So having that knowledge. And as you said, like, and, you know, I know myself and from talking to other people, like being able to make sense of your childhood and of your teens and of your twenties and kind of, you know, like when I suppose a lot of people felt that they were kind of doing it wrong or, you know, there was something wrong with them. And again, I suppose what we know now, let's say, you know, let's say maybe been a little bit introverted or, being very introverted, being kind of, you know, not picking up those social cues, you know, like, and, you know, again, like, this is just a real opportunity for people just to make sense of, you know, things that that, that, that they couldn't understand before. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly like what my experience is. And a lot of my clients that I talk to, you know, they, they didn't have the support that they needed. And oftentimes, it wasn't because, you know, they weren't provided the support um, out of like maliciousness, but 
they still didn't get the support because it was an ignorance to what was happening and the ignorance to what their needs were. And because we're, you know, when we're growing up and we have no idea that we're ADHD or autistic, everyone around us is going to treat us like we aren't, you know, they're going to, you know, think that we're just being lazy. Um, You know, they're going to, they're going to, or being, you know, you know, being irritable or being kind of inappropriate or being, yeah, because we, you know, you know we might be, yeah, we might be overstimulated and we don't yeah. realize we're overstimulated. So we get frustrated and we might snap at someone and someone just take, takes that as us being a jerk yeah. when we're really just needing some space to decompress. You and know? you're just responding appropriately to overstimulation. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, we still have to be accountable for like when we snap at people, but like when we have no idea how to support ourselves, like we can't even be accountable for it. Like we can't, like we don't even know what's going on because then we feel guilty for snapping at someone when we don't like, we don't intend to. And like, we don't know why we do it, but we did. And we, you know, made someone upset. So we think we're wrong. Yeah. And when really we just like, I, I, I just needed to, you know, decompress or like get away from the stimulation, you know, and calm down and regulate myself. You know, I've been dysregulated. Um, And that's really, you know, a lot of people, they'll go their, you know, whole lives being just in a dysregulated state without realizing that. And as you said, you know, like kind of being classed as a jerk, you know. And and, and if you go long term being dysregulated or long term being burnt out, because burnout has very serious and real uh, damage that can be done to someone if you perpetuate being in burnout. Yeah, um, it's not something that should be like you know kind of quirky. Like you know, uh, American culture is very much the like let's produce, let's produce, let's produce, let's produce, let's work. Mm-hmm. You know, pick yourself up by the bootstraps and you know a lot of people are in burnout and um a lot of people that are adhd and autistic are burnt out and there's long-term harm that can be caused by staying in burnout and not taking care of yourself absolutely and again you know like you know my work in you know nursing and kind of the the physical health side and the mental health side there's like physical you know like your, your body is literally being kind of you know burned and singed because of all those kind of stress hormones adrenaline cortisone and your brain your your mind your mental health is on kind of burnout as well yeah you know there's a lot of physical aspects to just being autistic as well um and adhd like there's connective tish- tissue disorders you know if you're not aware of you know, being hypermobile or potentially Ehlers-Danlos syndrome and you're just going out and you go to the gym thinking like, I'm going to get, you know, fit and exercise and you're unaware of your connective tissue disorder and then you get injured. And because like, that's just the nature of the, you know, connective tissue disorder uh, because you're not working out in a way that's safe for you, Um, you know, that like that's important to understand as well like there's so much knowledge that people yeah. are missing growing up like you know growing up i i was very athletic i played a lot of sports so, like i got injured so much and like now like i'm 36 and my body feels like it's 60 because i just injured myself over and over and over again i didn't know like why i just thought you know i had a proclivity to being injured but you know i'm hypermobile 
you know, my joints literally don't work the way they're supposed to. Yeah. Um, and like, so exercising, I have to make sure that I'm exercising uh, in a different way than what is normal. Yes. And adapting to, you know, being hypermobile again, that's because you didn't know and you weren't adapting that caused the injuries. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't able to take care of myself and like, there's a lot of different information related to, you know, these things that it's important to have that, you know, there's also like autoimmune disorders that could potentially be uh, in women with ADHD, there's PMDD, um, you know, there's, I mean, just uh, this having a cycle affects your ADHD symptoms, menopause affects your ADHD symptoms, getting pregnant affects your ADHD symptoms, you know, and that could lead into like very severe depression, you know, and things of that nature. And like those things need to be brought to the attention of people. Um, and that's why this insurgence of information is so important. You know, a lot of people think it's just a trend, but it's honestly like it's changing people's lives and saving people's lives. Absolutely. Yeah. And again, just having that knowledge, that knowledge is power and to be able to have that power over, you know, your path and your journey, like, and to be informed. So, and again, like, you know, like your position as kind of, you know, being an expert by experience, you know, you're because like, you know, you've been there, so you're bringing so much there to, you know, to help. So diving deeper into how you mind others Michael like that toolkit that you have again your ADHD coach your motivational interviewing you know your peer support you know when someone comes to you like look I know everyone's different and everyone's on a different part of their journey but when someone comes to you where do you start off with most of the time I really start off with kind of the internal world as I, I like to refer to it um, because most of our struggles um, can be rooted in how we see ourselves and like what's going on internally, whether, you know, how often we're ruminating on things. Uh, are we feeling, you know, really intense rejection because of rejection sensitivity? How's our emotional regulation? Um, you know, what's going on internally that is preventing you from doing the things that you want to do, you know, because a lot of our executive functions that ADHD affects is like, you know, self-regulation, like self-monitoring, um, you know, time management, you know, task initiation, planning, organization, all these things um, can affect our, our perception of ourselves. Cause like with, if we're bad at organizing things, we may see, ourselves as like failing at life because we're not live living up to the expectations of how other people are living yeah you know because we're told that we have to keep things tidy and neat and clean but we struggle to do those things even those are very simple tasks to a lot of people they're very difficult for us um you know i have clients that are brilliant people they can do some of the most complex you know things like they understand very very high concept stuff but they struggle to do the dishes they struggle yeah. to vacuum they struggle to take care of themselves yeah. and that's not any you know fault to them that's not a thing that makes them less than a less, less than you know that doesn't make them less and um, it's just skills that they have to learn um especially because you know growing up undiagnosed um we're not taught the skills that we need based on our 
needs, you know, like knowing how to take care of myself in relation to what I experienced as an ADHD person is going to be different than someone who is not ADHD. And so it's like all of those life skills, all of those processing and just like acceptance of self is very, very important in that process. Absolutely. And what are, you know, what are some of the, the, you know, the reasons people like, you know, like when, when people come to you, like, you know, like, uh, you know, like, let's say, like, in their life, like, because I suppose, you know, a lot of people with ADHD that has, isn't diagnosed, you know, like, as you said, like, things start to kind of, you know, think the, 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 the you know, the, the, the train starts to come off the tracks. So, like, what, like, you know, like, and I suppose, you know, in, in, in life, in work, in relationships. So, what are the most common kind of indicators that people see, uh, you know, that makes them come and kind of look for answers? Um, a lot of times it is like people experiencing burnout um, and they're trying to either maintain like their career or get a job or, you know, they're, they're trying to figure out how to function. Like they're just now learning that they are ADHD or an autistic um, and realizing like how burnt out, how much masking they've been doing yeah. and they're trying to you know, take care of themselves. And a lot of times uh, people are in like skill regression, which, you know, when you are high masking for a very long time and then you go into like burnout and you crash and you start unmasking because you don't have the energy to mask anymore, uh, you start finding out that you just can't do the things you used to do. You know, all the skills that you learned while masking you no longer have that ability because you're no longer masking. And so you have to relearn everything and that can be very overwhelming and frustrating. And I kind of help people along that process of like, all right, you know, let's see, like, what can we do? How can we approach this same skill in a different way, you know, that you are satisfied with, or is this a skill that we just need to abandon and learn something else, you know, how to support ourselves or, you know, what that process is, whatever's best for someone. And I suppose, again, I, I work as a coach as well. And, you know, like, I suppose coaching is kind of, you know, usually forward looking, forward focused, uh, future focused, kind of solution focused. So like that, you know, like what are some of the kind of, you know, big kind of solution focused approaches that you know like people can take again looking towards the future and i suppose having the knowledge that they you know have adhd or autism and mm-hmm. like you know because i suppose that whole burnout i get this image michael of trying to fit a square peg into a round hole and that's mm-hmm. what a lot of us feel like and that's what it, it, it can probably look like and, and definitely feel like so again some of those kind of solution focused uh, approaches that you use Yeah, I mean, what I really like to do is, you know, figure out what goals they have, you know, you know, we start out, you know, we may have two or three goals um, that they want to accomplish. And, you know, we break that down to where are you right now? And what are the steps that you need to take to get from where you are to that goal? Because with our 
concept of you know trying to be productive and and accomplish things we're very much the all or nothing mindset yeah yeah you know like i'm either going to do this thing that's a very large daunting overwhelming thing uh or i'm not and we that kind of black or white thinking yeah and it's and you know it's frustrating because like you know we we have a lot of things that kind of work against us that we need to be a little bit more aware of and like how we approach things, especially when it comes to like, you know, internalized ableism. So like, you know, I have to process some of that, uh, which is like, I should be able to do this. And it's like, well, you can't and that's okay, but let's see in what ways you can do this thing. You're trying to do it in a way that isn't working. Let's find a way that works. Yeah. Let's break it down. Let's, you know, find better support for you, for you. Let's, you know, what, what is it that is actually blocking you, you know, and it's okay that it might take you longer than you want it to, because you need to rest and recover. Um, I really focus on, Hey, you may need to recover and recovery is not rest. Recovery is an action. It is something that you are actively doing. Um, it's, and it's productive because you, if you can't recover, um, then you're not going to be able to do a lot of things that you want to do. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people see rest and recovery as the same thing, but they are very different. Um, and I, I try to teach people how to do that. Like, Hey, if you're having a bad day, you might, your body's probably telling you that you need to recover. So like there's there's a lot of different interconnected things um, how we can move forward and sometimes it is taking a step back to realize these things yeah. um, because I you know I don't want to push someone into masking again yeah you know I want to help people succeed without having to rely on masking yeah. And again, I love that. And I suppose that's a part of any coaching really is breaking the task down and, you know, like kind of, you know, that kind of habit stacking. Um, and But also I think, man, you know, like being gentle with yourself, be, you know, that kind of self-compassion, self-kindness. Yeah. And, and again, realizing that, you know, there can be a lot of kind of overthinking, being hypervigilant, and that feeds into that kind of, you know, um, overwhelm. So like, you know, like, like a, a big one for me, and I talk about a lot of, a lot on this podcast is mindfulness and nasal breathing and kind of, kind of regulating yourself and soothing yourself. Mm -hmm. And uh, what I really like to kind of focus on is building the mental muscle, you know, like, yeah. you know, if you are, if you're getting dysregulated, you know, say like something very, very stressful happens and it dysregulates you and you react poorly and you lash out or like you go into the meltdown or shutdown and, you know, and you're, you're really frustrated afterwards and you feel bad. Like in that moment is not the time to practice regulating yourself. In that moment is not the time to teach yourself a new skill of how to do that. Cause like, that's a very high intense thing. Yeah. You know? So in where I say like, if that happens, you know, let's practice our mind, our, our grace and compassion towards ourselves after it happens. But what we can do um, 
from when we are in a calmer state to potentially a high anxiety state is what are the small things that happen in your life that frustrate you or dysregulate you? Even if it's like, you know, you stub your toe and it throws like that pain and like you get frustrated and your emotions kind of get a little overwhelming and that kind of throws your day off, yeah. you know, or like a minor inconvenience happens and it kind of dis, you know, maybe your routine gets thrown off a little bit. Like those are smaller, low impact things that can happen. That's when you want to practice the self-regulation. Yeah. That's when you want to practice, you know, those skills because that's, building up the foundation to when those bigger high impactful things happen yeah you have a lot more awareness to where you can regulate yourself and soothe yourself uh in a much more safe environment you know to where like maybe you don't lash out you maybe you still get dysregulated you might still go into a shutdown but the process you know is a lot less harmful you know, you're able to soothe and, and, and find yourself in a grounded state quicker, you know, and that's really kind of like, I like to focus on too. It's like just the small moments, like that's that most people just kind of ignore and just like push through. It's like, no, I want you to bring awareness to that. I want you to actually be like, oh man, this made me dysregulated for a little bit, for like 30 seconds. Like it dysregulated me for 30 seconds, but it did, you know, and I need to, practice yeah i love that man i love that and what's your view michael and again i know everyone's different and you know every situation is different but you know like medication there's a lot of talk about kind of ritalin and kind of you know stimulants and medication um you know with adhd autism what's your view on that um medication is a tool you know uh, and when it comes to ADHD, we can not have too many tools, you know, like every single tool that we can utilize is important. You know, it works for some people. It doesn't work for others. Um, for me, whenever I was on medication, I would attribute it to, you know, helping me get to where I am now. Like I was not in a good mental place before I started medication and the medication, kind of saved my life in a way of it helped me realize that I can be better and not in the sense that I was like, you know, less, but like, Oh no, like I can regulate myself. I can learn how to function, you know, at a level that is suitable for myself and while taking care of myself, like I think it's a good thing to try if that is something that you want to pursue. Um, and there is a stigma against our medication because people that are not ADHD have abused it in the past and that created that negative stigma. But we are more likely to forget to take our medication than become addicted to it. Yeah. yeah. You know, <laughs> like, yeah. like that's the thing. It's like, that's a very real thing. Like I, when I was on my medication, I would wake up and I would take my medication and then 30 seconds later go, did I take my medication? You know, yeah. or I don't take my medication and I go throughout the entire day and, you know, struggling and going through a slug. like, oh, I didn't take my medication today. Like that happens more often than anything. 
you know, and that's a very common experience from a lot of people that I know, you know, um, so the, that, that risk factor of becoming dependent on it is very low. Um, and so like, it is a useful tool. Again, you know, historically there's been so few tools. So, you know, like I suppose the more tools, the better, but obviously, you know, like everyone's in a different situation. So to, to talk to your, whatever your, your, your doctor, your, um, your mental health team your psychiatrist or whatever but yeah i suppose like any tool that can help you to you know kind of adapt is yeah is, is beneficial well michael thank you so much for sharing that with me and you know just that amazing toolkit that you have and helping so many people and can you tell me now how you mind you um yeah i you know i practice what i preach um i take days off even on the days that I probably don't need to. And I say don't need to in the sense of like, I have work that I could be doing, but today my body is telling me that I need to rest, you know, because I went through burnout. I went through, you know, being dysregulated for years. You know, my body needs to recover. My mental health needs to recover. I need to practice recovery as well. It's not always easy. Um, There are days where, you know, I still kind of beat myself up over not being as productive that as I think I should be. But that's when I employ those same tactics of like, no, I need to be more mindful. I need to give myself more grace. Like, you know, it's a, it's a constant thing. Um, I, I will never say that everything will go away. I'll never say that it's going to be, you know, a hundred percent perfect, you know, but the more we learn and the more we practice and the more we build up those foundations and the mental muscles, the easier it is for us to employ them when we need them. And I need them still. Like I still do, you know, and you know, how I mind myself is what I teach other people, you know, um, you know, yesterday actually, um, I had a panic attack for the first time in three years. Um, came out of nowhere. Uh, I like yesterday was a good day. I got up early. I went to the gym. You know, I had you know a smoothie. You know, I was being productive. It was a good day. Uh, but stress has been kind of pretty high for me, and my body let me know, <laughs> like, "Hey, you're stressing out too much." Yeah. And so today, like. You know, I'm taking it a little bit easier. I'm giving myself some time to recover and, you know, figuring out, you know, what can I do about some of the stress that I have? Is it things that I can control? You know, is it things that I just need to kind of let be for now? You know, if I can control it, you know, what things can I do to seek support if there is any? Like, I ask myself all of those questions that I teach people, like, how can I help myself in this situation? What can I do? You know, I do all that troubleshooting. Um, and, you know, I'm feeling a lot better today. You know, I can still kind of feel the remnants of, you know, that panic attack. But, you know, I'm able to, you know, take a look at, you know, my thoughts and my emotions and, you know, realize, yeah, I've been 
kind of overdoing it lately. <laughs> and that's, I suppose, you know, only by being gentle with yourself and being compassionate with yourself and kind of giving yourself a break, are you able to kind of come to that conclusion? Yeah, I mean, it. it's really easy to beat ourselves up. Yeah. You know, because that's something that we're taught. You know, that's one thing too, is like, you know, we're not born hating ourselves we're not born thinking that we're you know bad at life we're not born this way we're taught that way and sometimes it's you know from our home life you know which is incredibly unfortunate because those are the people that are supposed to support us but they didn't you know but because it is something that is taught it is something that can be unlearned and we can teach ourselves different ways yeah and you know, if you look at it from like, hey, I'm teaching myself how to think differently. It's it helps in the way of like, I don't have to know this tomorrow. I don't have to know this right now. I'm still learning, you know, and it gives you a little bit more grace and compassion, you know. So if you do have a bad thought or a negative thought or you fall back into some, you know, old habits, like it's OK, you're still learning. Absolutely. And look at, you know, like life is a day to day business and we're all learning. And like, really, the only person to compare yourself to is who you were yesterday. Yeah. Um, you know, like, I, I like that adage where like, you know, you know, try to be the best version of yourself every day. But sometimes, you know, depending on your mental health state, like, you got to stay the same, you know, Maybe you don't need to make an improvement today. Maybe you just need to take care of yourself. Yeah. You know, like, and there, there's a, there's a trap that I, I even fell into when I first started. This is like the constant drive for self-improvement mm -hmm. um, where like I was, you know, I was deconstructing myself every day, every minute of the day, every second of the day, and just yeah. constantly looking for things that, you know, I needed to improve you know what behaviors were harmful what behaviors do, can i change what do i need to do how can i hold myself accountable and just like i drove myself mad and in some ways started to overcorrect yeah and you know that kind of perfectionism I, you know that kind of uh, pretty much perfectionism isn't it oh yeah I and mean, like which is a nature of adhd you know and autism yeah. is like we try to be perfect perfectionist about a lot of things and sometimes yeah, we hyper vigilant and overthinking and yeah it's like um and like that started stressing me out so much more than anything because like i was just so hyper aware of everything that yeah. i was over analyzing stuff and there were days where i just had to tell myself i needed to chill you know like just like don't worry about improving today just be yourself and understand that you're learning, understand that you're growing. And that like today is just like a day, you know, you don't have to deconstruct. You don't have to be better than you were yesterday. You just have to, you know, continue being you, being consistent. Yeah. Um, and like that helped kind of give myself more time, <laughs> you know, to to heal you know um and i love that, that.
that's that's really important yeah yeah i like the last few years i i've had this image of you know to be the tortoise not the hare because again like society you know like people are running around on treadmills kind of like you know like working consuming and you're almost encouraged to be the hare to be on kind of high alert and you know um that image of the hair that kind of you know uh, slow it down to speed up kind of you know just kind of slowly slowly catchy monkey all those kind of images but to really kind of put that into practice and yeah like again you're kind of you're you're, you're kind of giving yourself a break and you're allowing yourself to heal yeah yeah i one of the best things that i learned um, especially in peer support, was the six steps to change. Um, and what I really like about that is the sixth step is relapse. Like in the process, in this model of making change in your life, the last step is you you relapse, you go back to your old ways. Yeah. And that's really important to understand because that happens to everyone. Mm -hmm. You, you go through these changes of like you, there's the pre-contemplation, there's the contemplation, then there's like the taking action and the implementation. And then you go through all of it and you get better and you start making that change. And all of a sudden everything falls apart and you go back to where you, where you were. Yeah. And it's devastating. It's frustrating, but it's important part of that process because what you start to see happen is the time it takes you to go from that behavior that you want to change to implementing the change is less and less and less until yeah. finally you never you stop relapsing yeah you know and or the period of before you relapse just gets longer and longer. You know, maybe you go a year, two years, three years, and then something triggers you and you fall back into your old habits. Like that can happen. You know, that's a part of the process. But when it happens, you're a lot more prepared for it. You're you're able to be more aware. You're able to recognize it and help yourself um, get out of that and be more accountable. So. You know, that's just kind of what I really started pay focusing on. I was like, okay, you know, there are stages to this. It's going to take time. And I am going to, you know, to go back to the way I was at some point. You know, I'm going to do my best not to, but I know if it happens, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. And, you know, again, I, I, that, I'm allowed to do that and I'm going to be gentle with myself. Yep. I love it, man. I love it. Wow. Thank you for sharing that with me. Michael, where can people find you? You can find me everywhere. Um, TikTok, <laughs> Instagram, Facebook, Twitch. Uh, they just launched Threads. I'm on Threads. Um, and I'm kind of on Twitter, but not as much. <laughs> That's probably one of the pl one places you can't find me. Um, I host a peer support group every Sunday. Um you can find the links to that peer support group um, in any of my bios uh, on social media. Uh, it's on Meetup. It's an ADHD. It's the ADHD peer support group. So A U D H D. Um, it's for autistic people, ADHD people, or diagnosed both. 
Um, I'm also on Twitch, so I'm a live streamer. I play you know video games and hang out with people. So I have a multifaceted content creator kind of persona. You're um, everywhere, man. You're everywhere. Yeah, I am everywhere. Cool. Well, look, I'll put some of those links onto this podcast. And yeah, and I can tell people that, you know, like I've benefited from your wisdom. We've talked before this and so the, the, the content you create is so informative and it, it's helping so many people. Again, just kind of sharing that knowledge, sharing your experience. So, Michael, thank you so much for being so kind and so generous and so honest with me today and for sharing your journey and that amazing work that you do. Um, that toolkit that you share with people and how how many people that benefits and how you mind you and best of luck with everything you do in the future yeah thanks for having me it's been fun thank you so much for listening to mind you and i hope you've learned about the benefits of holistic self-care please like subscribe and follow mind you podcast wherever you listen to it and please share it so we can keep the ripple effect of holistic self-care going out to the world you can find me and mind you at brianbarneswellbeing.com and remember to mind you